Welcome to the African Campfire Stories podcast. This podcast program is dedicated to the telling of African history stories and events. You can visit us on our social media pages on Twitter, African Campfire Stories, on Facebook, African Campfire Stories, on Instagram, African Campfire Stories. Our website is www.africancampfirestories.com. Before we go into today's episode, please be aware that African Campfire Stories is running two series in parallel at the present moment. The first one is called Cold War Pawns, and it's been live since the 4th of August 2019. The second series is called Xenophobia and Hatred. The latter series recently went live on the 20th of October. Over and above the Cold War Pawns and Xenophobia and Hatred series, we periodically release special episodes. Special episodes cover various history topics. We've released two special episodes thus far. They are available on our website. Without much further ado, here's today's episode. This is special episode 3, How is History Written? Part 1. Open quote. Until lions have their historians, tales of the hunt shall always glorify the hunters. Close quote. These are words from an African proverb, and we thought these words are appropriate for opening a topic on history sources. This episode makes up the first part of a discussion we feel is very important. That discussion is about the nature of history sources. We're not going to provide a comprehensive study on history sources. We will touch on the issues that generally bedevil history writers. We will not delve too much on the philosophy of what knowledge is. So there won't be a lot of talk about things like uh, epistemology and ontology. Just enough of it so that we could all get an understanding of the nature of knowledge in history research. This discussion is timely for a place like Africa because we could not write our own history for a big chunk of the past 500 years. There's thus a significant number of Africans that believe that our history cannot be correct. This is a belief based on principle. It is very seldom based on doing a survey of available historical resources about Africa and then deciding if any of those sources could be considered valid. It is simply based on the fact that people that wrote our history, which was usually Caucasians of European descent, cannot, as our colonizers, have been able to write objectively about us. The biggest challenge, however, as we will explore in future parts of this topic, is that though African countries started gaining independence starting from the 1950s, we still do not have a lot of African historians of international stature, or even national stature. I like to challenge my friends and ask them, what is going to stop us in a hundred years from now from having the feeling that we did not write our own history. If history is not the preferred major at African universities, if African governments are not funding history courses, and if history is not a preferred course of study for African students, what will be different in a hundred years? We will not have enough African historians. We will still be complaining about the fact that people are writing our history. The study of history is an interesting form of human endeavor. Understanding how it's written will help us decide if we can accept the history writings that are available to us. Here's an interesting quote about history from Napoleon Bonaparte. Open quote. History is a bunch of lies that people have agreed upon. Close quote. There's a lot of quotes about history that are similar to this one. 
Here are a few other cynical quotes. Open quote. The memories of men are too frail a thread to hang history on. Close quote. By John Still. Open quote. God cannot alter the past, but historians can. Close quote. By Samuel Butler. Open quote. History is gossip well told. Close quote. By Albert Hubbard. But there are also quotes about history that illustrate the importance of knowing history, like these ones. Open quote. If you want to understand today, you have to search yesterday. Close quote. By Pearl Buck. Open quote. History is philosophy teaching by examples. Close quote. By Thucydides. Open quote. No volume of history is insignificant, even the worst chapters, especially the worst chapters. Close quote. By Terry Gullimetz. Taken together, these two sets of quotes tell us that history is important, but we should be careful about how history is written. At the end of the day, history is written by human beings, and it can thus no more escape the problem of human fallacy than any other human endeavor. History is not a natural science. It does not contain theorems and mathematical formulas. It is called a social science or a human science. You cannot prove history by conducting laboratory experiments and other scientific approaches which make natural sciences objective to a large degree. Of course, scientific approaches are used a lot in fields like archaeology and fields that are concerned with dating documents and manuscripts, for instance, fields which in turn help historians to better understand history. But there are many things in the study of history that fields such as archaeology cannot help with. The understanding and deciphering of human actions, human behavior, human motivations, human objectives and human hopes and dreams and expectations is at most times left in the hands of other humans. Most times, these other humans who have to do the deciphering were not present when the things that they are trying to understand and write about occurred. Sometimes even people who were physically present when a certain event took place were truly speaking not privy to the full picture. We sometimes tend to overestimate the value of having a person present when an event from history occurred. But mere presence is not foolproof. Take the example of someone who was present at a relatively large military battle. There are physical limitations to what such a person can observe with his own eyes. Even if he or she were present, there are details he or she will miss, things that he or she will not be able to see with his or her naked eye. So even people who were there when things occurred also rely on information from people that could see things that they could not see themselves. But of course, this is better than the case of most history, whereby the later writers of an event were not there at all. In historiography, there is also concern about how far removed events, time-wise, the writer of the events was. Meaning, there is a tendency to privilege the history writers who wrote about an event shortly after it happened. So, for instance, if there are two histories of any given event, and one history was written five years after the event, and the other was written twenty years after the event, the former history will generally be considered more reliable. A famous example of this is Herodotus's history of the Persian-Greek wars. It was written barely a decade after those wars occurred. Historians say that Herodotus's history 
could have been informed by privileged interviews from people who actually participated in the events. They also say that he might have had access to writings and libraries that have not survived into modern times. So that is the advantage of writing close to the time of the events. You can have access to people that participated in the events. Also, the memories of those participants could still be fresh. African history is problematic for many reasons. Firstly, for the most part, Africans did not write their own histories. A lot of times, information was passed through word of mouth, through stories. And we know stories can develop into legends and myths. Even if a member of the European community wanted to be fair in his or her writing of African history, his or her problem would be that there would be stories that were already centuries old even back then. Stories that had been passed on from generation to generation through the ages. And we know about the problem of Chinese whispers. The game of Chinese whispers proves how information can change from the way it was at its source. Secondly, Africans were conquered and the people who wrote histories were members of the communities and nations that had conquered them. Some African countries had been conquered many times over. Egypt, for instance, has been conquered by the Hyksos, the Assyrians, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans and the Arabs. And I'm sure I'm missing someone from this list. Later on, the French came and they were followed by the English. Even under the Arabs and Muslims, there were many different Muslim conquerors that Egypt bounced back and forth between. And then you have the case that for a long time, the ancient Egyptian language had fallen out of use and no one could translate it until Napoleon Bonaparte stole the Rosetta Stone from Egypt in 1799. The Rosetta Stone was in effect a document written in hieroglyphics, Demotic and Greek, allowing for the translation of the ancient writing. So, from this historical windfall, French linguists could deduce a system of reading hieroglyphics. Thus, the ability to read centuries-old writings was arrived at. There are many languages today, the world over, that have not been deciphered. So the history contained in those languages cannot be uncovered. But being able to read old documents is sometimes not that useful. Why? Because to begin with, old documents were not always about capturing events in detail. Also, not all content in old documents is worthy of being considered as history. We take it for granted today that someone somewhere is writing books and articles about politicians and their actions and decisions, books and articles about governments and so forth. In olden times, there are many cases where writings are simply transactional, meaning the writings capture commercial and trade transactions. They capture inventories and things of the sort. Yes, from such transactional writings, historians can piece together how those specific communities lived, but they are not enough to provide a full picture of what went on. This isn't even a problem limited to societies who had not developed the culture of writing. Even in places where you would have assumed that people would have captured certain events, you find that that didn't happen. For instance, there are European kings who were born in societies that had writing, but where somehow there's just not much information for certain periods or about certain events. This could be that some events that are important in modern times just did not seem so groundbreaking at the time, and thus no one bothered to capture them. 
It could also be that there were documents written originally but were destroyed or lost. Destruction is a very real problem when trying to study history. Destruction of historical records comes about due to many things, including wanton destruction by humans, usually during wars. The Great Library of Alexandra, Egypt, is a famous such case, and it has been destroyed, recreated, destroyed again. The first culprit was Julius Caesar. Later, Roman Emperor Caracalla is also said to have lent a hand in destroying the library. It is said that it was also destroyed again during the time of Emperor Aurelian. Alexandra the Great drunkenly destroyed the city of Persepolis in Persia, and with it, the records were also destroyed. The Mongols destroyed the Great Library of Baghdad. The list of such destructions is endless. Or, the destruction could have been from natural events like storms and earthquakes. Sometimes, documents were destroyed just by the fact that document storage technology was not so sophisticated back then. So documents would be destroyed by mold, fungi, humidity, and sometimes even by the wear and tear of being handled by many human hands through the centuries. Some of the documents that have avoided all these dangers are just not sufficient to explain events. The writing of history for its own sake was not a big thing in ancient times. This is why historians are mesmerized by Julius Caesar's war memoirs, for instance. Such writings do not abound, especially writings from people who were at the center of events like Julius Caesar was. Caesar seems to have been writing mainly to make a case for his stupendousness to the people of Rome so that he could gain power. He might have also had one eye on posterity. But Alexander the Great's commissioning of a writer to accompany him in his Persian campaign was about posterity. He was obsessed with the deeds of the ancient Greeks in the Trojan War and he wanted to be remembered as well. Such history writings commissioned as it were by history's most notoriously ambitious people, have to be taken with a grain of salt. We live in times when politicians, military leaders, and even business leaders and celebrities compete with each other in writing of memoirs. But things didn't used to be this way. Gaps, or more specifically confusion, in the historical record are also caused by willful omissions. Gaps or more specifically, confusion in the historical record are also caused by willful omissions. There are many cases in history where certain rulers decided to leave out any mention of battles that they lost, for instance. There are cases, for instance, where there are battles that appear on the records on one side, presumably the side that won, and are not mentioned on the records of the losers. Then there are cases of lying. This can be observed in cases, for instance, where a battle is captured on the records of both opposing sides, but each side claims that they totally destroyed the other side. This is the end of today's episode. Catch us next time as we continue the journey of discussing history sources. Next time, we will go deeper and look at how historians choose sources. Stay tuned. See you next time.